Hello and welcome to Coppola Conversations, a bonus strand of the podcast where I'll be talking to people who are somehow involved in the films of the Coppola family or have just had their lives moved by the Coppola family in some way or another. Today I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Jared Gilman, who is one of the stars of Moonrise Kingdom, which obviously is co-written by Roman Coppola and has a cameo from Jason Schwartzman. This conversation is fantastic. Jared was kind enough to, to recount some of the stories and go through some of the amazing things that he's managed to keep from the set of the film and some of the life lessons that he learned. He's massively candid and open about his time and really got into some stuff that I guess you can only really get from looking back on your time. And for those of you who are fans on Patterson, there's possibly some answers there as well. Before you hear my conversation with Jared, here's a brief clip from the film when Sam and Susie managed to find their own slice of paradise, their Moonrise Kingdom. So I guess there's only one thing left to do, and that's to meet me in the meadow and enjoy this couple of conversation. It sounds like poetry. Poems don't always have to rhyme, you know. They're just supposed to be creative. So, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. I want to go on adventures, I think. Not get stuck in one place. How about you? Go on adventures, too. Not get stuck, too. Anyway, we can't predict the exact future. That's true. It's possible I'm with the bed, by the way. Later, I mean. Okay. I wish I didn't have to mention it, but just in case. I don't want to make you be offended. Of course I won't. Today I am here joined by Jared Gilman, or as many of you may call him, and I'm pro- probably sure he's sick to death of being referred to as that kid. From Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, how are you, Jared? Uh, I'm all right. I'm good. How are, how are you? <laughs> I'm, ve- I'm very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we were just talking off mic about how I'm here to dredge up, essentially, uh, a film you made a decade ago. Yeah. Are, you, are you cool with that? Yeah. You, do you have cool fond memories of? No, I have a lot of, of very Moonrise fond King- memories. I'm very. It's. I, I was. I mean, I'll be. I was just going on YouTube watching a uh, B-roll footage that 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 you know had been uploaded just to like jog my memory a little bit but like <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean i still think it was like one of the best if not the best experience of my life um so, so how did you get the role of sam was it like kind of like open call that you went for or was it so i had um I had, aud- I had auditioned for it a few times over the course of six months. So I I had my first audition in September 2010, and uh, that was like a uh, it was a cold read audition. So I had I, I was not given any material beforehand. It was all all the the script, the scene um, that we had to read was given to me when I got there. So I only mm-hmm. had like five minutes to prep and uh, then go do it. Um, 
And uh, it was a scene that got that that I only ever read that one time. That um, uh, I guess Wes must have just cut from future drafts. <laughs> uh, and then, um, so there's that. And then I had to do a call. Uh, I did a callback with uh, someone auditioning for Susie, and that was when I first met Wes. Um, mm-hmm. It was probably like October, November, and then uh, maybe a couple weeks later, I had a, I had a, a second callback with Wes. Where I was basically going over, I think it was all the same scenes that I had done in the previous audition. But what had happened was, uh, I guess he had recorded. I hope I'm getting this detail right. I think he, he what he, what had happened was he had like recorded the audio on his iPhone or on someone's yep. iPhone, and something happened when he was uploading the uh, footage onto the computer, and the audio got lost. So I had to re-record my audio with him, and. Uh, this is what I was told, uh, I think, again, 10 years ago, so I hope I'm getting <laughs> it right. Uh, but uh, 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 so there's that. And then I had a final sort of like callback with it was just the casting directors back in their office mm-hmm. when I had, where I had the first audition. And uh, it was um, it was like reading some of them. There were sort of alternate versions of some of the scenes that. So, mm-hmm. for example, the, the dog spoiler alert when the dog dies uh, like, uh it's a wes anderson movie yeah the dog's always really gonna die spoiler? To i mean like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get that sentiment um but uh uh when that that scene was initially written to be a bit longer uh mm-hmm. and it even included like so in, in in the script that i read when i first got cast it was um they see the dot thing they see the dog with the arrow in it and Susie starts like having a panic attack or like starting to like freak out. And so then Sam, I guess, cause something he learned as a scout, he like <laughs> lightly slaps her out of it. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he does that. And then she like gives him like a death stare and socks him in the face. Uh, <laughs> and we filmed that. Uh, <laughs> we filmed that scene. We spent like a whole afternoon filming that scene where, where Sam and Susie hit each other. <laughs> And uh, then a couple weeks later, we ended up having a, we, we, we found there's a different location and uh, we filmed a, a shorter version of that without the violence. Uh, it's funny, initially there were a couple of scenes where Sam and Susie like get into a little bit of a, get, get, like fight each other a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, but Wes cut it out because uh, he wanted to make, I guess, because he wanted to make the relationship a bit more sweet and innocent. Um, so w- one of the things that uh, both Wes and Roman Coppola say on the Criterion like commentary is that they didn't picture you as like that wasn't what they pictured. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's yeah, what I heard. And, like how, how do you how how do you like interpret that kind of? Uh, well, I mean, what I, I guess statement. I can say is that I saw the animatics before we even shot it. Wes showed Kara and I a couple, a few of the scenes uh, as like animatic, as like pre-vised animatics. <laughs> Like 2d storyboards where he was doing all the voices it was really funny yeah. uh but uh i was no i had kind of noticed that the cartoon little storyboard sam didn't really look like me that much it was like uh you know he didn't have the glasses i don't think and uh maybe the hair might have been a different color or it was what? i don't know i just i just remember thinking like yeah i don't quite look like that guy on in the in the in the storyboard but like you know i was at that point, I had already gone through that whole process of being cast and meeting Wes a couple times and running lines with him. And then also, by that point, 
I had been rehearsing going to Rhode Island once a week to do rehearsals and then also taking like kayaking lessons and learning how to cook over an open fire and like flip a fish. Uh, I had had to do lessons for that. Um, But then I was also going over, like I said, going over the lines, making sure that they were making sure that I was like memorized and, and prepped for when we were actually starting. So when we actually started, I had like a whole, I had all my scenes completely like memorized um, pretty much. So it was like, it was, it was cool. You're going to say. What was the rehearsal process like? Did Wes like give you any films to watch or anything like that? Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He gave me, he, so he gave Tara and me like a couple of different movies to watch. He had me uh, view um, Escape from Alcatraz, the Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, and sort of he wanted me to like kind of study the Clint Eastwood's character and <laughs> <laughs> and sort of internalize like the the resourcefulness uh, aspect mm-hmm. to him because he's like you know escaping from Alcatraz <laughs> yeah <laughs> using you know like scraps and shit to 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 do things and uh, like I said being very resourceful um so so I, he had me watch that and then he also uh, i also took a couple like karate lessons uh or a couple karate Perfect. classes but it was literally it was like me 12 year old and me in a room full of six-year-olds taking <laughs> doing karate <laughs> and i just like didn't know i, I felt kind of out of i felt really out of place and i guess this is well, how you... how it works because it's like the way the you know the belts and all that and like you you, mm-hmm. you start at everybody starts out with the same color belt and so i guess that just most people when they do karate they start when they're six i don't know uh they don't were you essentially (laughs) were you like kramer in that episode of seinfeld where he joins a karate class and kind of like takes all the kids out because he's so much i was the opposite i was i was getting taken (laughs) out by the kids i was like i was too i was just like i don't know how much force i I don't know like you know like i don't you know it was like because like they were tougher than they look those kids uh, oh yeah uh, they, they always are well yeah like they you know they're they're like they're already i'm like 12 years old but they're already like my size and, <laughs> and like pushing me out of the ring really easily and uh <laughs> i just i it was weird i felt embarrassed on a couple accounts i felt embarrassed just on the surface level of like being get my getting my ass kicked by a bunch of by a bunch of like six-year-olds but i was also embarrassed because like the 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 coach the the guy totally caught that I was super embarrassed in the first place. <laughs> he made like a comment or something about mm-hmm. it, and I was like, "Yeah, wow, you can totally tell." <laughs> but uh, so, but yeah, and then I never never continued uh, any of that after filming. So obviously, you said the um, escape from Alcatraz. Was there anything else on the list? Um, well, so then he had major? he had uh, all of us. He, he held like a little screening uh in a in like this really nice theater in Rhode Island uh where he played a Ken Loach movie Blackjack mm-hmm. um because that's also and I similarly about two kids who run away with you who fall in love and run away with each other even though it's a completely different setting mm-hmm. um though still period technically uh yeah, yeah. but uh uh he had us he, he like got us all together and he, watched, he had us watch that then I think he had Kara watch um Melody um from the movie from the 70s again about uh see like misfit kids meeting and forming like a, a bond with each other um amazing 
So, so yeah, he was keeping, you know, he was like prepping us for this movie. He he definitely did make sure that we were like ready by the time we were stepping on set. Were you aware of Wes's work before going into uh, Moonrise Kingdom, or were you kind of? Well, so I had seen Fantastic Mr. Fox when I was in theaters, and Mm -hmm. I'd, I guess, and I sort of had this like weird habit when I was like nine or ten, where I just like turn on my Apple TV and watch random trailers. (laughs) <laughs> so like i'd probably seen some of his like either at least posters or trailers for his movies definitely darjeeling limited i just always have a i have a memory of like that poster sticking out in my head when i first saw it before i became aware of who Wes was but um uh, uh then after i got cast you know then my parents and i we just like watched most of his filmography we, we got through everything except for bottle rocket by the time moonrise started and then uh, when I hit seventh grade, my English teacher lent me his DVD of Bottle Rocket. What, what a He was, what a, he, what a he was like a huge Wes, Wes Anderson fan. And he was my English teacher when I was in sixth grade. And uh, I remember after I got cast, I guess word had gotten around the school. And there uh, <laughs> uh, was a class where he'd like handed back a paper that we had written or something. And I'd gotten a B plus on it. And uh, he was like, all right, your class is dismissed. Everyone except for Jared. Jared, you have to stay. <laughs> and I was like, and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I got a B plus. Is it really that bad? Did everyone else get A's? <laughs> and he's like, Jared, I just want to say I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. That's like awesome news. I'm, you know, and then like congratulating <laughs> me and all that and talking to me about his <laughs> movies. In fact, he was really the one who like kind of keyed me into sort of the, the, the idea that, you know, he he was this, director with this already very uh, passionate yeah. fan base of people that 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 followed his work um and so that that, that he, he kind of gave me that 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 idea and then and then of course worked on the movie and then it then it came out and then i really had an idea <laughs> of of uh you know his status obviously looking back on his like filmography and it's like you, you mentioned in fantastic mr fox was the movie before Mm-hmm. Looking at Moonrise Kingdom now, you can very much see the influence from like the stop animation. From yeah, and I mean, in like, fact, there's a there's a, a VFX that was done with me where I was a stop motion human stop motion dummy for about thirty minutes. Yeah. Oh, right. So like I I so so when I got struck by lightning, um, sorry if I'm jumping around a lot, but 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 when I got struck by lightning, that was sort of a tricky thing uh, to kind of figure out how they were going to do that. Because um, initially, they I, I guess Wes thought maybe I'd be like attached to like a pulley thing that would fly me backward, uh, something more like traditionally practical like that. Um, and they we tested it uh, where they had me. They they it was kind of it was pretty basic or mild. Like they just had me like they tugged my back and I just fell into a mattress. Uh, but I was like harnessed up. But. Uh, then what ended up happening, the, the way that Wes ended up doing it was that it was literally my last day on set, technically. It was like after I filmed everything and then and, and Carrot already wrapped. Um, and uh, I, uh, it was literally just this one morning where I had to walk in, walk in to base camp and they had this set up on the driveway where it was a tent, a tripod with a Canon camera, like, pointing like a, i think it was like a canon like dslr type camera like you know pointing 90 degrees like downward and uh green screen on the blacktop and they had me lying on my side and they like had me sort of 
you know, in, like, various positions, like, as if I'm flying back from being struck by lightning and, uh, you know, taking a picture, then, like, re- moving me an inch, taking a photo, moving me an inch, taking a photo. And, uh, you know, it would have been... It was it was neat. It was really neat, for sure. It was uncomfortable. It, it you know, being on your on your side on, 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 like, driveway, essentially, even though there's a green screen there, but it's, a, it's like, a really... Not a thin... It's not a thick fabric at all. Uh, no cushion, nothing. Uh, but, um... But, so, yeah, that was... So, and so then we watch the, you know, when you watch the movie and you see it, it's there for like four frames. You have to pause it. But if you pause it, it's there. It's, it's, it, it's funny. <laughs> I guess it very much plays into the fact that Wes Anderson treats his actors like they're stop animation characters, right? I had a, I had a college professor go on a whole five minute rant about it <laughs> in, in front of me, not realizing that I was there. Like it was, it was a class all about directing actors, and uh, uh, the professor happened to have some very uh, uh, strong opinions on Wes and his movies, and like went on like a whole five minute rant, <laughs> like rant bit whatever about you know where she's like making jokes and shit about like about uh, about his, you know the way characters move and his frames and and the way that they talk and all that. And enough people in the class knew that I was there and, like, knew about me that, like, they were giggling and looking back at me. I was sitting in the back of the room, and they were, like, looking looking back, and it was... And so then eventually she, like, stopped and was like, oh, what? She looks at me, and she was like, oh, what? Is Wes Anderson your uncle or something? And uh, I was like, uh, well, uh, I, I played Sam in Moonrise Kingdom, and, and it was sort of this funny thing where... where she sort of she had like a a couple of different responses at once, but it was you know all in good nature. But it was like, you know, it was like, oh, that was the one movie I really liked. That's the one Wes Anderson film I really enjoyed. Uh, and then trying to, she asked me. She said a couple other things. I forget now, but it was just like very, uh, you know, it was just, it was funny. So, what is it like to be on a Wes Anderson set? Is it a matter of be here, be there? Is it well choreographed, or is there room for fluidity? Well, like you know what you're doing. Like, I mean, like the blocking is usually pretty specific. Like, uh, uh, because you know he, you know, there's always a, there is a very you know distinct look to his shots and making sure everything looks visually appealing and framed nicely and all that. And so, like, I, I get you know that like. I got what he was trying to do, I, I feel like, and, and it wasn't, like, a big deal or anything. It was, you know, if anything, it made me feel a lot better about what I was doing because, you know, it was whatever I was doing, it was working, and, you know, you were, you know, everyone's spirits were really good in the shoot, and it was, uh, uh, you know, and, like, I, I'm not going to say that, like, when I was working on it, I knew it was going to be what, it, you know, what it was or anything like that, but, like, I, I had, I think I had, like, a, I had, like, a sense that we were doing something pretty, you know, it was like we were working on something really good uh, and exciting and, and all that. Um, but, like, so so then, I'm sorry if I'm, like, dancing around the, the question. Uh, I don't mean to. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, so, you know, there's we didn't do any, like, improving or anything like that. The closest thing, I guess, to, like, improv there were and i could be wrong about this but i I seem to remember that like there were little moments like when sam and susie are are 
going through the woods together that that like we filmed that I don't remember being in the script and I can't think of the moments themselves anymore. But like I just remember like you know remember like I'm pretty sure some of that might not have been in the script and have just been storyboarded and were ideas that was had maybe from location scouting or something. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm guessing at that. I I don't quote me on that. But uh uh uh. uh like there is that, but otherwise, every other, all the, you know, everything that was scripted, we were verbatim. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, there was one scene that, you know, there were a couple of scenes that got shifted a little bit, like there, the dog scene that got changed. But even then, we were still sticking to like what was on the script. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the the sort of character building stuff probably happened during the rehearsals, and then when we were on set, it was more about getting it right on like a technical like making sure that, like, the pacing and the rhythm of the, the words worked for what he was going for and stuff like that. Yeah, then it kind of did involve some more, like, uh, more very specific directions, I guess, um, about about pacing. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think... So what was the vibe like on the set? I know that Edward Norton said it was somewhat like a summer camp... Kind of, yeah, I mean, like, well, well, so, like, there weren't any trailers on the set, there were Coleman tents, uh, and, you know, you show, you show up in costume and makeup, pretty much fully done, for the most part, uh, and, uh, uh, so, like, it, you know, it's a bit of a unique vibe for a set, uh, and I think, obviously, the fact that it's a summer camp movie really added to that, uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was also, too, for me, specific, you know, and also all the young, ac- all the child actors in the movie we all had. You know, it wasn't just going there to film a movie, but we also had to do school as well. So when you're a minor, you have to do a certain amount of hours of schooling every week. And uh, I was, and you know, I was missing the last, like, two months of sixth grade. So it was, like, catching up on all like, the, the final stuff, all the, the fun things you, you really want to be there for, but... Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I remember I had a read. I had the, this essay for my humanities class that the onset tutors made me rewrite like two or three times, and I was not happy about it. I was like, re- I was like, I don't. Well, first off, in general, writing essays is is a still to this day is it can be anxiety inducing for me. So like even back then, it wasn't something that like I enjoyed, and so it was just like essay on American history or something. And I, I wrote it, like, three times, and then I handed it, I, you know, I emailed it, and then I got an A+. Um, it was, like, maybe my only A-plus in middle school. I can't, I can't remember anymore, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, like, you know, that it was sort of when I was working on it, it was, like, balancing those two things. It was, like, doing, working, being in character, but then also being me, a student in sixth grade, finishing the year off. Uh, and so I, I ended up, I, I ended up, I ended up finishing like I think a week or two after all my classmates did, um, like they, you know, classes ended like mid-May or end of May or something, and I ended up finishing like at the beginning of June, uh, was when I finished all my work, and uh, then we ended up, then I had like the rest, the last like three or so, three or four weeks, or I guess like three weeks then, um, where I was not in school, and it was a lot of, it was, and that was a lot of fun until I got a cold. I got a really bad cold at the end of shooting. Uh, that was that 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 wasn't fun. But then I got better, and then the shoot ended, and 
mm-hmm. the rest is history. You obviously mentioned um, working with Kara quite a lot. What was it like working with some of like, well, the heavy hitters that we've got in this film? And you get like some kind quite intense scenes with like Ed Norton and Bruce Willis. What were those guys like to work with? Like, obviously, how did you feel at the time? Was it like, shit, these are like big deals? Or were you kind of, I have no idea. I'm just a 12-year-old kid. I don't really know. Bruce oh, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I, at that point, was already, I'd already, like, watched Ghostbusters a million times at that point. And I uh, was very much a big Bill Murray fan. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd seen that. I'd seen What About Bob? Um, a few of them uh, by that point. Uh, but uh, there's that, and then Bruce Willis. Uh, I I made sure that I watched Die Hard before <laughs> uh, we we started filming. Uh, and then uh, Ed Norton. I did not watch Fight Club. <laughs> I was a little too young at that point. Uh, I didn't see Fight Club until three years later. Um, but I had seen The Incredible Hulk, so I was like, I knew who he was at that point. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Right? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 2008. <laughs> All that time ago. But um, uh, so, like, I, I, I knew who I was working with for sure, and I was very excited. Uh, and I, I had a, I, I had a good time. You know, like, I, I we weren't, you know, like, I wasn't because you know Sam doesn't have many scenes at all. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like, like you said, just like one real scene with the. Uh, uh, police chief and uh then one other one with uh scoutmaster ward so it's it's so you know we weren't like always with each other but like like, when we were filming those scenes um you know we were usually because you know when you're in that mode you're just focused on you know getting getting the work done so it wasn't like we were like really interacting that much but you know they were nice and bruce was really nice um when we've the day we we filmed his scene like he, he like uh, we ran lines with each other, like maybe twenty minutes beforehand. Uh, and you know, I, you know, because he tapped me on the shoulder and asked to, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, he was um, proactive, I guess, in that way. But uh, uh, yeah, that, you know, that was um, uh, a long. That was a, a long morning. We, we spent <laughs> like a whole morning filming that. Yeah, I... uh, or, or a good amount of that scene. We didn't. Even, we couldn't. We didn't do it in one day. We had to do most of it during. Uh, a morning and then we filmed another bit of it the the shot um where the the wall is supposed to be where it's that like reverse angle on a few of them uh uh that was shot in a separate day where they had that whole set like the wall removed so the camera would be there uh and it was at night on a weekend i think it was like the one weekend that i had to work uh it was either a weekend or it was a day that I was told I was not going to need to work. It was something like that where it was like, cause I, I didn't have a single day off when I, <laughs> when I, when I worked on the movie. Uh, and except for one day that I was told was going to be my day off. But then like at like <laughs> three or 4 PM, they called us being like, Hey, can Jared come back to set? Uh, we need him for, for a couple of shots. Uh, and so, you know, uh, uh, I was there of course. Um, but um uh this topic we're kind of so, floating around mm-hmm. kind of perfectly like ties into one of the questions i was asked by someone on twitter to ask you which was like what kind of lessons did you learn from this film whether it was like from stuff that wes did or like yeah that you kind of took away and learned from making this film 
Uh, well, on a practical, practical, not really film related mm-hmm. level, uh, <laughs> Bill Murray taught me how to tie a tie. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I have to think about that for sure. I mean, like, I, I, I think like I definitely walked away with a lot from the movie, from the movie for sure. Uh, uh, I, I mean, like, I mean, I walked away, you know, having an idea of like how to make a movie or how movies are made, you know, like having a lot more insight to the production side in a way, you know, obviously as an actor, there's only so much you, you know, you're <laughs> exposed to. Um, and especially as a child actor too, you know. Uh, so, so it wasn't, you know, but like, uh, I guess, you know, something I, I, I guess, I don't, okay, so like, what I will say to you is I think, uh, the year after that was my bar mitzvah mm-hmm. and I part of the thing is that you have to give like a little speech <laughs> uh, talking about the Torah portion that you've memorized and the lessons that you can learn from it or whatever and I, I somehow was like able to relate it back to Wes and like there's like the idea of being like a kind leader and like I don't know like being the the the, the sort of like power that like being a like a not an asshole uh uh not you know in a positive way like being a good person or just being like you know uh uh, a good like a kind-hearted leader or whatever i i forget exactly what i was talking about but i guess like (laughs) if i'm thinking back to my mindset when i was 12 years old and like what i was thinking at the time it was you know like that's kind of what i was probably taking away at that point Mm -hmm. um but uh uh so obviously looking- because I just remember thinking like I, I just remember thinking you know like that like he's this guy who's got this whole production on his shoulders and it's like all these people and all, all this shit you know is riding on him <laughs> and he's you know able to like make it work and not just him but any director doing this you know and that was kind of what was going through my head I think at the time um and obviously he like kind of breaks one of the cardinal rules of filmmaking which is never work with kids right well, it's never work with kids and never work with animals. Well, that, and he, he, he kills both. Yeah, he, well, he normally kills off First, a lot of the dogs well, in his yeah. movies, or, yeah. or at least there's a cat in this one too <laughs> that does not die. The cat dies in Grand Budapest, uh, but but uh, but yeah, the cat was initially was originally supposed to be a dog, I think, uh, <laughs> but then switched. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, for the better. I really love that. That that cat was adorable when he wasn't scratching your eyes out. Or not I he didn't scratch anyone's eyes. I'm just being hyperbolic. But like, <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, the, the cat was like somehow aware of whenever the camera was rolling, and like <laughs> when the camera was rolling, would like calm down and like be good and not loud or scratchy or whatever. The second cut, you know, the second it heard cut, it was like it became a diva and you know just like. <laughs> impatient running around everywhere and like you know scratching you if you try and De- you know, pick it up or whatever demanding and, catnip uh, however <laughs> however really good for ed norton really good for Edward norton like where the 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 because there's the you know the moment when when sam and susie are on the in the, the ferry being taken back yeah. by everyone else and uh yeah in the background of one of the shots you can see the little scouts like playing with the cat and like that's like legit. That was like what they were doing during <laughs> that day. That was like what uh uh you know what was going on. But then the cat was on 
at Edward's lap and was apparently totally fine and super sweet, super kind, almost as if the cat knew, you know, <laughs> that it was on the lap of like an A-lister. <laughs> it's on the lap of the Hulk, guys. It's got to behave. Um, but uh, but yeah, and uh, and, and so yeah, uh, I guess going back to your question about like working with all of them, I should say like, you know, they were all really nice. Uh, you know, I barely met Tilda. I, I saw her like a, a few times, but the few times I saw her, she was great. And then when we went to Cannes and the movie premiered, I was sitting right next to her. And uh, when because it was the it was the opening movie of the festival, yeah. so they had they had like the host come out, and then all the judges came out. So it was like a whole kind of like uh, 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 ceremony that happened before the screening even started, but it was all in French. And so Tilda was like leaning over to me and kind of translating it into my ear. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 yeah, that whole experience was fucking so fucking surreal on, a, on like a different level than shooting. But uh, 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 yeah, but yes, yeah, so and then there was that. Then Bill was... Like I said, he taught me how to tie a tie, and it was a spur of the moment thing. It was like I was doing a costume fitting for the last outfit that I wear in the movie, which is like the mini me Captain Sharp outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least that's how I, I think I, I was like dubbing it mini me Captain Sharp, or that's what we were all calling it. When we were on set. <laughs> um, but uh, or maybe not. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. But I, I could, I might not be. <laughs> that might be what we were calling it. But. Uh, uh, <laughs> But but uh, I was doing the fitting and I hadn't, I just, I didn't, you know, I was 12 years old. I didn't know how to tie a tie yet. I hadn't really had to wear one very often. And, uh, and uh, uh, it just so happened that Bill was like right there because the waiting room was right next to where the costumes were. And uh, uh, you could overhear what was going on. And he looked up from his newspaper and he was like, Jared, come over here. I'll teach you. <laughs> and so I uh, walked over and he knelt down and he taught me. Uh, and it proved very useful for the following year because I was going into seventh grade, turning 13, having all the bar and bar mitzvahs to go to. I had my, my bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, very, very helpful and, skill. I, and you were there whipping that tie, doing it mm-hmm. straight away. Mm-hmm. God God bless Bill Murray for teaching teaching Jared to, to do his tie. Uh, so, what? yeah, one of the things I... Fran, Fran, Frances McDermott, she was, you mm. know, I had, like, no scenes with her, but, like, she was amazing, like super, super nice, like really sweet. Like watching, you know, seeing, you know, seeing her getting all the award stuff was a lot of fun. Uh, both years, uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and um, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I just wanted. To, uh, oh yeah, and then Jason, Jason Schwartzman was also. Yeah. What was that? What was that? Day? I uh, guess it would have been a day, right? That. Jason? No, it no? was a week. It was a like week? a week or two. <laughs> it was like a week or two. Um, and uh, yeah, he was super chill. It was funny. Apparently, and I didn't learn this until afterwards, I think. Apparently, the producers were telling him to be like, to not talk to us as much and kind of be a little more mysterious. Or I guess like, <laughs> I don't know, because I guess something, I don't, I don't know, for the relate, I don't know, to, 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 to help. I don't know the, the character relationship even though I, I don't know I, I just I, I think that's I remember he- hearing him say that in an interview or whatever but he just kind of got very carried away just like, talking to us about his you know other shoots and things and joking around and stuff he was a really nice guy well I, I guess for him as well for like he would have seen some parallels with you guys right because obviously like that was his introduction to in a way yeah film was 
a Wes Anderson movie, right? Obviously, he was mm, that, Rashmore. Yeah, that slight bit older, but I guess he would have like been in that position of being like, shit, I remember what it was like to kind of not know what I was doing and then kind of being put into this yeah yeah Wes Anderson world like yeah I mean granted like you know at that point (laughs) Wes Anderson world had been a little bit less established in the world yeah uh, in our world I mean Mm -hmm. uh when Rushmore was happening but but like yeah I I think like there might have been some of that for sure but like uh you know he was super he was pretty chill and Uh, so obviously at the moment I'm looking at Baladan was awesome too sorry no worries no worries no 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 there's the yeah 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 I was gonna say there's so many. I remember, the, and at the end of like the first week, I helped. He was trying to figure out something on his iPad, and I helped him. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what. Maybe it was slowing the volume or something like that. I forget. But uh, yeah, he was super. He was really kind too. Uh, I I kind of always forget like how many people there are in in that. Yeah, movie. no, I know, right? And then like <laughs> Harvey Keitel too. I met him very briefly. But the funny thing about when I met him was that. I was doing a makeup test for when I get struck by lightning mm-hmm. and I, you know, I sit back up into the frame and I'm all covered in soot uh, and like all charred up. Um, and uh, so that was when I met Harvey Keitel was when I was like all made up like that. So, <laughs> and so like, he, it was funny cause like he saw me and I guess, you know, he knew, he knew the script. So like he, he knew who I was. And so he saw what I, you know, he saw me and he, was, he started laughing. He was like, Oh, you must be Sam. And I was like, yeah, Nice to meet you. <laughs> and uh, that was based. That was pretty much it. I didn't really have any real interaction beyond like a handshake. But uh, but then I think he he like bought the cast like uh, lunch or uh, lemonade. He, he, Jason Schwartzman brought a lemonade stand one time. Harvey Keitel may have given. He gave cupcakes after he wrapped. He gave the cast like cupcakes or something like that after he wrapped. What a guy. Um, how is and, uh, how, I don't yeah. How is it to kind of like see some of these people's like films after the fact? Obviously, you've had this experience with Harvey Keitel, and then I'm not sure if you've seen something like Abel Ferrara's Bad Lieutenant. I haven't seen. What I'll say <laughs> is I haven't seen Bad Lieutenant yet. <laughs> There's one thing I really wanted to talk about, especially in regards to this. Well, yeah, in regards to this film, is some people's perception of it after the fact and the. The, the sexualization, the, like people's perception of the sexualization of yourself and Kara, like, was, yeah. were you aware of it at the time or like looking back on it? How do you kind of like look at those opinions and how, how was that like handled on set? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, what I'll say is like, I, I mean, I under, you know, when it was happening, like I understood, you know, like I, I understood like what was going on, <laughs> like with the characters, like I, I knew what my, you know, I knew what the lines meant. Like it wasn't like there was any, kind of confusion there yeah. or whatever uh and um and it was also the last thing that Karen and i shot together pretty much they made sure to save that for the end of production because they wanted to make sure that we were really comfortable with each other and uh with like working on set and, and everything and also too it was a it was a uh, it was a closed set mm-hmm. so it was just only the people who needed to be there um like the, the 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 production people so like it was like wes bob the dp uh maybe someone on a on boom maybe like it was only a few people mm-hmm. and um and uh uh we, we blocked it out beforehand and then rehearsed everything and you know it was done pretty you know from obviously i can only speak for myself but like i felt 
safe and I felt okay. I felt, you know, like it was another day of work. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, uh, so yeah, obviously then, you know, seeing it after the fact and then having your friends watch it, uh, <laughs> rack on you for it and all that, uh, that happened to me for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had definitely had people giving me a little bit of shit for it, but like, it's what it is. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I don't, you know, it, it, I don't read anything and, you know, anything bad or anything like that into it. Like, I don't see anything like that. Yeah, so I'd watched the movie a few weeks ago and kind of, I then realised that I relate more to the parents in this film. Do you know what I mean? I kind of like, I relate more to Scoutmaster Ward or the Bishop parents or even like Captain Sharp. Like trying to get a handle on these kids. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's just that that thing of, I, I think that like, yeah, being past that point in life and looking back and 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 that the, the film works perfectly on that kind of like dual level that like if you kind of see it at a younger age, you will kind of relate to that thing of you. And I guess even as older, you can kind of get that nostalgia to look at like your first love mm-hmm. or whatever. But then like yeah, it's kind of watching it being a parent now, and then it's like that thing of like the moments between like Francis and Bill. It's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're fucking, they're heartbreaking. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think like when you realize it's like, cause then it's like, I kind of had never really picked up on that thing that it's about that first love and the kind of breakdown of love as well. Like that you get through Mm -hmm. them. And it's, yeah, Yeah. I, 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 back to the point of like how, uh, the, yeah. It's also, I love how it handles the, all the, the adult character relationships and like a very, you know, it's all like there, but it's all, it's there if you're paying, you know, if you notice it. So like the, um, Scoutmaster Ward and the woman, uh, mm-hmm. who's the, handling the, yeah, yeah. the, the switchboard uh, operator, uh, right? Switchboard, the switchboard operator. Yeah. Uh, they have a, there's sort of a little Easter egg, like yeah. the relationship thing by the end of the, the movie, uh, or like they, uh, she offered some cookies and then, mm-hmm. And later, her, her picture replaces the um, Harvey Cattell's picture and mm-hmm. on his like desk in the final scene or something. So like, there are lots of little details like that. That like, that was something I learned too. I think at that time, at that age, like that that you can put things in movies and mm-hmm. people can notice them on repeat viewings, and that you know makes it you know much feel a lot more whole and like uh, deeper and all that. Um, and just the idea, you know, the idea of, of even just like the idea of like doing shots to achieve an emotional effect yeah. as opposed to just like doing shots to do shots. That was something that like I, I that doing that movie taught me for sure. So you're, um, you're at NYU, right? Do you, do you, what, yeah. do you like have plans or like do you have aspirations to be a director yourself in the future or are you kind of uh, playing it by ear? Yeah, it's like, I, I, I'm happy, and this is maybe, yeah, I'm like, you know, looking back at my time at NYU now, you know, because it's like I've been home for a year plus mm-hmm. now, and, 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 and there were things I obviously really enjoyed. Uh, like, I really enjoy, I, I enjoy working on things like on sets and stuff, and, and, and directing on set. I get really stressed out with the prep stuff. <laughs> I get really stressed out by school stuff. I get really, you know, it's like everything that's like the school that surrounds the film part of film school is like 
stressful for me and it <laughs> makes the filming part it can sometimes make it detract from it <laughs> um and this you can cut it or whatever you can do whatever this is just me i guess speaking a bit more openly and honestly <laughs> than uh, uh uh i don't know just because i can't i i don't like I don't like bullshitting people about yeah. my, you know, my views on things. Yeah, no, no. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just that. So yeah, so, somebody, somebody actually asked me, like, uh, slid into my DMs when I co- sure. did the call and kind of like said, like, they're they're thinking of applying to NYU's graduate film program. Oh, okay, I mean, I have no sort of. I don't really know about the graduate program, obviously, uh, yeah. as an undergrad. <laughs> so I cannot speak to the quality <laughs> of the program there. Uh, and that's to say, I can't speak to, you know, I have no <laughs> other preference for film schools. So it's like, I could be really spoiled, right? You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> and so it's like, and so, so it's, it, yeah, I mean, and so, yeah, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's like, I, I've had, I'm like debating about how much I want to graduate that kind of thing yeah um uh and uh and like it's sorry i i admittedly and the reason i say you can cut this is because i guess i just feel a little weird talking about it like in a public way yeah yeah yeah. of course because yeah, yeah. like yeah more than happy i get because i get where i because i get like the, the importance of film school and the idea and the fact that like if you don't do it and you don't get a degree it's a lot harder for you to get work as a filmmaker and and uh but even if you do go and get a degree, it's still going to be a really hard to get work as a filmmaker. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It, it's just like it, 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 and for me, it was just like, I enjoyed being on set and just creating things and doing things over again and getting, and, and you know, getting a lot feeling, getting sort of closer to a, a sense of perfection or a sense of sense of like satisfaction with on an artistic sense. And, and I guess I just feel like all this other stuff just gets in the way of it for me. I guess you kind of have to weigh up that. And like, I get that, like, that's kind of part of it is the other stuff kind of part of it. And (laughs) that's kind of just like, and, and it's, it's sort of like, I kind of have it. it, And so that's kind of what I, I, and so, whereas with acting, that's something that I enjoy doing and I don't have any of these kinds of grievances with it's, it's, it's more, it's like when I do an audition for something, it feels like an escape, uh, you know, from, from the school or whatever that I'm, I'm like, or whatever you know and uh and so it's like you know if someone were to ask me like if they wanted to go if they're they're looking at nyu as a school to Mm -hmm. go to and you know i don't want to look like i'm you know i don't i guess also because it's such a big choice to make it to me (laughs) thinking that i had any influence on that (laughs) is like yeah yeah yeah. Ah, okay uh i had a very 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 experience that maybe you won't have maybe you'll have a much better experience maybe you'll get you know you'll form relationships easier and and schedules will line up better and it's like there's factors that that went into the sort of the experience that i had that like i realized might be unique not just me on a selfish level but just on a on a on an individual level the fact that i'm an individual like going through a system that hundreds of thousands go through and so it's it's I know, I know exactly what so you're talking about. So it's just, it's hard, about. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I get it with, uh, yeah, being a parent. My my sister's uh, recently, like, ha- had a kid. And, like, my mom said, oh, yeah, you can you can give her advice. And it's like, I know what to do with my kid. 
I don't know what right. to do with someone else's kid. I'm like, they're completely mm-hmm. different. It's mm-hmm. a, and it kind of mm-hmm. like plays your point of like, yeah, nobody wants that, yeah, my, that my to make decisions. Yeah, nobody wants <laughs> to be making decisions for other people. So um, let's let's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's kind of do like yeah, a few. Uh, I've got a couple of fun questions here. Um, cool, cool. One of them is from person I recorded the conversation about Moonrise Kingdom with, kind of dissecting the film. Uh, Jeanette, she wanted to know, uh, did you get any souvenirs from the set of Moonrise Kingdom? So I did. Um, not None, like, no main props or main, like, what they call hero mm-hmm. costumes or props or anything like that. However, I got some backup stuff. So um, right there is a backup Coonskin cat. Perfect. And then uh, <laughs> there's the like the mask that I'm wearing in the church. Amazing. Uh, and then, if you mind, the uh, possibly on screen ashtray. No, it's not. Never mind. What ashtray? <laughs> uh, there's a backup version of the backpack. Um, That's amazing. That's and then the other sort of souvenir that wasn't really a prop, but I consider a souvenir. Uh, this is going to be a little bong cameo, possibly. What bong? No bong. Never mind. Hey. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no, we moved it. Shit. Damn. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, I have a, must be in my closet, maybe. I have, um, when I was working on, uh, on, uh, when I was rehearsing for the movie, when I said I had to do kayaking lessons, they gave me like a practice or to like get the rehearse yeah, yeah. stroke with. And so then what um, happened was that midway through production, my mom got the idea of having all the cast and crew sign it. Oh, amazing. Uh, and so that's uh, what we did. And so by the end of the shoot, I think 98% of people had, had put their you know, ink Speaker. on it and uh, put their signature on it. And for a while, it was on my wall. Uh, it, was, it was there somewhere, but... We, we've like you know rearranged you know my room a few times i don't know and, you you want to be asking a family member that might be on ebay somewhere yeah it might be it's, <laughs> it, it might be in my closet somewhere uh but uh but yeah uh so like there, there that oh yeah and then i got a backup version of the glasses um that's wonderful it's great like uh so yeah some backup stuff no costume no uh no no the no no scout uniform the the other thing she wanted to know as well, and, and I think you've kind of answered it, is is there any skills you learnt making that film? Like you obviously said you learnt you learnt to kayak somewhat. Well right? well, so <laughs> skills that I learned, it was skills that I learned for the movie, yeah, yeah. not for my own personal <laughs> life. So once the film wrapped maybe I can still flip a fish. Who knows? I haven't done it since. I really don't know. Uh I mean I'd maybe want to try it, uh, not over fire first, <laughs> but, uh, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Um, well, before I let you Tying go, a tie, that's the skill that I took with me. Exactly. But by, by the master, Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be remiss not to ask you as well, are Susie and Sam in Patterson? Is, 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 is that the deal with your cameo in Patterson? Or- uh, spiritually <laughs> uh in a in a in a uh, 
maybe they're they're not Sam and Susie, but like other S names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve and Samantha. Wait, wait a second. That's another Sam. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But we didn't name them. I don't think we. I don't think we. Uh, no, I think came up with. They were just. They were male student and female, female student. student. Yeah, yeah. Script. So, I- and. Uh, but that was like a that was what I can say is that was like an that was like an homage to Wes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, for sure, that was you know Jim was open about that intent with us. So yeah, what was what was that like? Was that just like a a day, just kind of a like day. that was a day. That was not a week. <laughs> that was a day. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we uh, he he had a he he had us meet with him in his in his office in New York City. And uh, he offered uh, the scene to us, and uh, we, you know, we were like, "Yes, of course." <laughs> uh, and we had to meet. We met him again for rehearsal, and then I think again for I. I had to go for a brief costume fitting, and then then it was the day we shot it, and it was Columbus Day, 2015. So I had the day off from school, which was uh, really great because <laughs> I got all my done over the weekend and then i had uh no onset school or anything Perfect. i could just go ride the bus do the scene eat lunch go back on the bus do the rest of the scene meet adam driver and then rap mm, well yeah what was what was adam driver like was it he's, he's well like... so i met him i've only met him twice mm-hmm. for like 30 second intervals but he was <laughs> nice in those 30 seconds like <laughs> uh because when we were shooting our scene the driver was a stunt driver because at that point he hadn't gotten his bus license yet because <laughs> he was he was working he actually got he did the work he got the license for the, the movie I, so when he's driving the bus the shots of him driving the bus are him driving the bus <laughs> um but i guess before then they were doing all the coverage of all the passengers and and, and all that where he was off screen so they could have a stunt person doing it um but when we wrapped our scene, that was when he arrived, when Adam Driver arrived, and uh, uh, he walked in the bus, shook hands, and uh, he had he asked for us to just run the scene again for him, so he he had something to kind of uh, listen to in his head when uh, they were getting his coverage of of, of that moment, um, and uh, and yeah, it was it was. <laughs> It's interesting because this is like right before uh, Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. So like he, you know, everyone <laughs> knew that he was Kylo Ren, but nobody had seen the movie yet. So it was like it was that glory period, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the the hype. Thing. So well, yeah, one person I kind of because obviously at the moment I'm like looking at the 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 Coppola family as uh, a, a, a oh and yeah, so then. I do have another besides Jason Schwartzman, obviously. They're the other connection. Uh, geographically, I have a connection, but sorry, you're gonna say. I, I was gonna say, like, uh, what was like Roman's involvement? Roman Coppola's Oh involvement. yeah, and then Roman too. Yeah. What, that's right. what was he so, was he there for like uh rehearsals or was he on set at all? Or was he kind of like he sorry for interrupting? No. He was on set for I I I remember I distinctly remember seeing on seeing him on set once <laughs> he could have been there more and i just missed it that's could totally be the case for sure because there were a lot of people in that set and obviously i'm not a I, i'm not a god i can't be everywhere <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know i can only remember where i was 
Um, but I do remember there was one day that I did see him on set. I was inside the tent and it was on the beach. And I could see him through a little screen uh, in the back of the tent. And uh, then the next time I saw him was on a plane to Cannes. <laughs> and uh, it was actually kind of funny because... I had, when I went to Cannes, I had to take two flights. I went to the, well, took the first flight to Paris, and then I had to take a connecting flight to, from there to Cannes. And uh, I saw him on that connecting flight. But it was after the flight had taken off. I had, like, I got, we got on the plane. I immediately conked out and, like, fell asleep <laughs> and then woke up when we were, like, several thousand feet in the air. <laughs> and I woke up, see him over to my left, taking a drag of a cigarette. <laughs> And I immediately was like, what the fuck? You're not what the fuck, because I'm 13. I was like, what the hell? I don't know. But like, <laughs> but like I just remember being like, what? And then and then I guess it was like a, a fake cigarette. And I guess those are allowed. I don't know. <laughs> I just I just remembered just that 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 journey to Ken almost in a way it was like a dream because I was constantly falling asleep. Cause it was, you know, a long flight to Paris, and then I was in the airport. We had to wait for like another hour or two hours in line and uh i was i was like getting hit with the jet lag and mm-hmm. general fatigue and all that and so like i, I just was like in and out going in and out of sleep and so it's like i fall asleep i wake up next to Roman Coppola smoking a fake cigarette <laughs> and then we land and then i leave the airport right behind alexander Payne, uh and then get immediately mobbed by like french paparazzi <laughs> Uh, it was like very surreal. Yeah, Cannes is an extremely when the festival is happening and you're an actor in one of those movies, it is very surreal because it's just like you can't go anywhere without people taking your photo. It was like, uh, and my dad was actually getting kind of like he was getting annoyed by the end of it. He was like ready to leave. He was like ready <laughs> like to get out of there, getting you know, leaving all the, the the paparazzi people getting in our way. Yeah, but, uh, I. I... Uh, like the closest, the closest like I can have to like that experience, and, like nowhere near it is. I made the mistake of, or not even made the mistake. I went to Berlin, and it happened to be the weekend that the Berlin Film Festival was on, and it was around the mm. time of the Isle of Dogs premiere. And, oh, like, yeah, like, that was pretty big. Berlin was swamped, and like. Because I was just, I, I don't know, must have been an ignorant idiot at the time. I like, kind of realised, like, like, why is it so busy everywhere? Why is our Airbnb so far out of town? And then I realised, like, oh, the, literally the whole film world has descended onto Berlin. And, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I, I'm really hesitant to ask you this question, but so many people have, have asked me to ask you, so I have to ask it, uh, Jared. What kind of bird are you? I don't know. Pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's out of the way. It's out of the way, guys. <laughs> I, I asked it. Okay, I hope you're all happy now. Um, I'm yeah. I'm conscious of taking up too much of your time, so I'll ask you what okay. one last question. Sure. The, the reason I started podcasting for some reason was to talk about Nicolas Cage. Are you? Yeah, I've been meaning to mention this to you. Are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. That goes without saying. But what I was gonna say was that uh, we filmed for—I I, want to say it was like a week or so, maybe at least a few days—on his former property, mm-hmm. former mansion that he once owned in Rhode Island. Uh, so it's the scenes when, uh, in fact, it's 
it's it's like the pre it's all the the like sam and susie's like first campsite Mm -hmm. that then gets like found by the other scouts later on uh so it's like the scene where he cooks over the open Mm -hmm. fire and then they catch the turtle and then they unpack luggage and he laughs at her book and then does the apologizes (laughs) and, and all that um so that was all shot on in like the back of uh, his mansion, uh, form room. Um, so uh, I, I did not get a tour of the place. I didn't really <laughs> walk around, but it looked huge. It was ginormous. It it looked like a mansion that Nicolas Cage would live in at some point. I was gonna say, did were there rumors? The property was, was really beautiful too. Yeah, the property was really <laughs> beautiful too, and that was again those that wide shot. You know, Wide shot of of us on the camp on the campsite with the little the the little cliff by the water. That's Nick Cage's, that's Nick Cage's proper former property. Wow! So just like have that in the back of your head when you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, Jared, thank you so much for your time and uh, yeah, talk, talking about a film that uh, well just happened for you so long ago. Um, what yeah. what can do you have anything in the pipeline that you can kind of like let us know about, or is it kind of 2020 hit you as well as much as it's hit the rest of us well so yeah so like i i mean like i need to resume finishing up my i i directed like an what's called like an intermediate movie at nyu it's the level below advance mm-hmm. and so it was like a little like it's like a four minute little short uh uh um and uh i shot it it's already been edited and the the sound design. I just have to like figure out music and then color correction and that stuff. But I'm I, I I'll admit the pandemic in a way ruined uh, my sort of uh, work ethic. <laughs> yeah, like it had. And when it comes to like, it's happened worldwide. Don't when it, when it comes to like getting i don't know movies made it i guess and so it's like i I need to just find myself a moment where i have nothing to do and i just put it in front of my face and i just start playing music in front of it to see what i like because what i'm planning i think on doing is just is like figuring out if there's a track or something like a tone or something that i want for the moments that I'd, i'd like want a little music for and then i'll probably go on maybe facebook or something and like there's a facebook group for tish students <laughs> making movies and i'll probably just be like hey anybody want to do a little like 15 seconds of music for me Perfect. <laughs> uh, but uh uh and then and coloring and then uh credits so, so then yeah so there's that and then as for acting work i'm auditioning <laughs> I've been doing. I've had auditions in the previous couple months. Okay. I, uh, I guess what I'll say to that is that, and this for anybody listening, is that if you follow me on Twitter and you notice that I shave my face, basically I only ever shave for auditions. So that's <laughs> that's the clue. If I ever post a picture of me clean shaven, it's because I'm auditioning for something. Perfect. So I have, <laughs> like. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you right before you uh, go is how does it feel when you see like a new Wes Anderson film come out? And obviously he's famous for like working with the same people. Sure, again. Yeah, no, I mean like do it's you, a nostalgia hit. It's you, a giant nostalgia hit. It's like 
saying all the names of people that I remember from when I was 12 and, and uh, also just, you know, cause it's a Wes Anderson movie. So, you know, he has that, that feeling to it. And that obviously makes me, you know, feel very nostalgic. So it, it admittedly, I get kind of sad. I don't know. Cause I miss it. <laughs> you know, it's been so long and I still have very strong feelings. And so, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 and you know his birthday is coming up pretty soon. I'm going to send him a birthday email. Uh, do, do you have? Do you ever get the like urge to be like, like watching, say, like I don't know, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, and you see like Lucas Hedges is character. Like, also, Gabe. In, uh, yeah, yeah. Gabe Ru- Gabriel Rush is in it for. He's the one who they give the who becomes the new lobby boy at the end. So yeah, when you uh, when, when you see people like that, do you go like, hey? Hey Wes, like, is there part of you that's like, hey Wes, where was where was my phone call for the for this role, or or are you kind of cool with it? The, well, you... I mean, also they were shooting that in like <laughs> in the middle of Europe, and I think it was sort of a scheduling thing that 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 kind of worked. Things kind of worked yeah. out like that. Um, I, I, so, I mean, you know, obviously asking, I, I, I don't, asking I, I don't try. I mean, you know, I never try and take anything like that. Personally. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't know. He's he's a director that's got to make his movies, and obviously, if he thinks of me for something, I'll obviously be game for it the second he asks. <laughs> like, even if it's only for ninety frames of the movie, I will be in those ninety <laughs> frames. Uh, but, but you know, like, I get that. Like, you know, he's on a certain he's 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 he's, he's at a certain status now. I feel like that. You know, where 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 you know, everyone is like an A-lister in his movies. And so I get that, like, if there's some kind of like, I don't know, producing reason or whatever, uh, or whatever, I, I'm just insinuating. I have no idea. I, I know, obviously, if he ever asks me to do something, I'm going to say yes. And I don't feel any kind of offense that I haven't <laughs> worked with him since. I, I have a feeling that like his final film will kind of be like a, a greatest hits of everyone who's ever been in his movies. So like, uh, I, I feel like Jim, you know I that would be that would be the ultimate way for Wes Anderson to close out his career. <laughs> um, Jared, but again, yeah. thank you so much for coming and uh, yeah, chatting to me about me. this movie. This is a lot. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, best of luck as a dad uh, during these times. <laughs> Thanks, man. And there we have it. That was the fantastic Jared Gilman. Thank you once again to Jared for coming and talking to me about this slice of nostalgia that means so much to myself and I imagine so many others. And a massive thank you to all of you guys who submitted your questions for me to ask Jared. Hopefully I got to all of them. And if I didn't, I do apologize. There's obviously there's all the stuff I want to talk to and I could have talked to Jared for ages as well we kind of did as well we had a little chat before we started recording we had a little chat afterwards we actually found out that I when I was living in Brighton in 2019 Jared was there for a kind of Wes Anderson event that I'm sure if I didn't have a tiny child at the time I would have certainly been at. next week on the main podcast I will be talking to Freudian cinephile podcast host and lecturer Mary Wilde all about Sophia Coppola's 
somewhere. So if you've seen that film, please don't hesitate to get in touch, which you can do via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd at CagedInPod. Or you can always send me an email, CagedInPod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty of Coppler and Nick Cage episodes to dive back into. So if you could be so kind to rate, review, subscribe on Acast, Apple Podcasts, or whichever podcast platform you're listening to this on right now. As always, guys, I've been Petros Patsilouis, your guide through the crazy world of the Coppola family tree. Remember to keep it Coppola, and I'll catch you next time. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.